Welcome to the Transform Your Teaching Podcast. The Transform Your Teaching Podcast is a service of the Center for Teaching and Learning at Cedarville University in Cedarville, Ohio. We seek to inspire higher education faculty to adopt innovative teaching and learning practices. Thanks for joining our conversation. Welcome back to Transform Your Teaching here on the campus of Cedarville University in Cedarville, Ohio. My name is Jared Piles, and with me is Dr. Robert McDowell. Rob, we are starting a new series today, and I am stoked. Again, this is Mishni telling me I should smile. I am stoked beyond belief that we are doing this series because I love this topic. Do you love community of inquiry? Or do you love online learning? Or do you I, love both? I love both. All right. I love both. Effective online learning, building a community of inquiry. I'm, I'm, I'm jacked. I'm real excited about this. Well, man. Very excited. Well, then I guess I better be too. <laughs> yeah, you better be. You have to match my energy. <laughs> so we're going to go through online learning. We're going to hopefully build a foundation for online learning through the community of inquiry, which is a framework that I think is incredible for online learning. So we're going to spend a couple episodes talking about the different aspects of community of inquiry. And hopefully by the end of the series, if I were to give some objectives, you would be able to build an online course that reflects the different facets of the community of inquiry. I think it's time to get to some definitions what we mean by online learning and community of inquiry. Yes. So when we asked ChatGPT what online learning was, here's its response. Online learning is a form of education that takes place over the internet. Surprise. Yeah, surprisingly. Allowing learners to participate in courses from anywhere. It involves a structured learning environment, self-paced activities, and interaction with instructors and fellow students often through digital platforms. I mean, yes, thank you, Chad GPT, but if it wasn't through digital platforms, then how would you access online learning? So one little correction is it says self-paced activities. They may be, but they don't necessarily have to be. So a lot of times people make the mistake of thinking that online is asynchronous all the time. Yes. Now, has it been? Yes, but by definition... Learning does not need to be asynchronous, and online learning, therefore, does not need to be asynchronous. It can be synchronous. Now, it's much more difficult to do, and it's, you need to be very, very careful when you do it, but it still is an option for online learning. So just that little correction, little yeah, caveat. Because in reality, you could try to schedule a, a synchronous session at 4 p.m. your time, but if your students are accessing it anywhere, then you have to consider time zones, and that gets really difficult. Yeah, it does. It does. But yet, sometimes those synchronous sessions are, are very important to have. Absolutely. Especially if you're building community, as we're going to talk about next. That's correct. So, what is this community of inquiry? Good question. Community of inquiry comes from several authors, actually in Canada, believe it or not. Uh, Garrison, Anderson, and Archer, who around 2000 came up with this community of inquiry framework. Their definition is a community of inquiry is a group of individuals who collaboratively engage 
in purposeful, critical discourse and reflection to construct personal meaning and confirm mutual understanding. That's a big definition. Here's what ChatGPT says. Community of Inquiry Framework is a model for developing an educational experience online. It proposes that effective education occurs within a community through the interaction of three core elements, cognitive presence, social presence, and teaching presence. This framework focuses on creating a meaningful, immersive learning environment. So the goal is, again, to all three of those, if you picture a Venn diagram, all three of them are working together. And if done well, and all three of these aspects are done well, it creates a vibrant online community where learning can take place and occur. So it's not just transactional, come in, pay your fee to get your B. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, and I, I like it. And I think when we've talked about it, thing that's really stuck in my mind with these three things of cognitive presence, social presence, and teaching presence. And we'll define those here in a bit. Sure. Um, another way of understanding it is relationship. You mm-hmm. know, relationship from student to teacher, student to student, and student to content. So having those relationships. And I know, you know, you and I both believe that in order for this to be truly effective, it has to come from a servant teaching model, mm-hmm. a biblically based, grounded idea and philosophy of education that sees God as the one who's ordained these things and ordained these relationships to even occur. So between student to student, student to his world, the things that he's placed in this world, and then student to teachers, folks that have been around a little longer, know more, and can help guide those that don't. Right. So for me, I think community of inquiry as a model is only effective if seen through the lens of a biblical framework. It, it It's going to work best when you put others first. Yes. You can't be first in line. Right. And it has to do with the different aspects of teaching that require you as the instructor to take a step back and, you know, put them, put your students wherever they are uh, first. But let's define each of these cognitive, social, and teaching presences. So again, borrowing from Chad GPT, cognitive presence is the extent to which learners construct and validate understanding through sustained reflection and discourse in a community of inquiry. Sum that up for us, Rob, if you can. So it's critical thinking. Yeah. I mean, it's problem solving and critical thinking. Are you able to take, are you able to reason from small things to larger things and large, larger things to smaller things? So, you know, are you able to do analysis and then synthesis from my perspective anyway? And that's really what cognitive presence, you have to have that in your, in your classroom. You have to have this motivation uh, personally, I think as an instructor, but you also have to kind of help bring that out with your students as well to drive this idea of you got an issue that you need to deal with. Here's right. the content and you need to think through it. It's not just, here's this fact, here's this fact, spit it back at me. Right. Right. Did you get the fact right? Those things are important. Having those frameworks of, of knowing what those things 
those key elements are in any given discipline is very important. So mm-hmm. I'm not trying to, you know, denigrate those things or make them sound like they're less than they are. But what we're really after, I think, most educators, after we have those frameworks or those basis, is that we want to see analysis and synthesis. Yeah, and I, it's important to remember the Venn diagram with this as well. These aren't isolated presences. Like right. the, the cognitive, you know, the students are not by themselves right. when they are developing this because this can be a very difficult task, especially sometimes for an online student being isolated and learning this new content. And we'll talk about the different, you know, the teaching presence means the instructor is involved mm-hmm. and social presence means that other students are involved as well in this process. But it is where the students interact with the content in your course. Right. But it's more of how they interact with the content. You know, so that's cognitive. Now, social presence, a bit easier to define. It's the ability of participants to identify with the community, communicate openly, and develop interpersonal relationships by projecting their personal characteristics into the community. So this requires buy-in from your students, right? It's about creating a comfortable atmosphere for them to interact. And that can be done different ways. Yeah. But it's it's a challenge, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially when you can't see your classmates, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't know where they're from. They are in a different culture, some of them. Well, most, most if not all. Um, even in the United States. Yeah. You know, if you've got learners that are in the deep south or in Florida or Alabama or Texas, and then you got somebody that lives in, New, you know, New Hampshire, Vermont, or Maine, I mean... <laughs> They're just going to see the world differently. The accents alone. <laughs> It'd be great. It, it would be quite the melting pot. It but it's, it is that diversity, though, that if focused in the right direction, can really make a learning experience um, in a community rich and, and vibrant. And one way of modeling that is, as an instructor is letting the students learn about yourself. Right. You know, sometimes it requires dropping your guard a bit and being willing to say, man, I, I'm sick this week. I'm not going to be able to grade. Um, I apologize. Or, man, I took my dog on a walk and he drug me all over the neighborhood. So my back is all, as out. And so I'm laying here typing this announcement <laughs> with my laptop on my stomach. Not that I've ever done that before. <laughs> but it requires sometimes letting your garden and letting your students see that you are human. Yeah. And you're not just a bot or some high up on a pedestal uh, expert. You know, you, yes, you are the expert in your content, but you also can let your guard down a bit. Yeah. I know in online learning, it's like one of the, one of the coolest things um, is actually the icebreaker when the start of a course. Yeah. Uh, something we use here quite a bit, um, and I've used them in the past a lot. And it's it's usually off the topic. It's on the topic of the actual student themselves. Like, tell us what your favorite ice cream flavor is, or maybe you know what's your favorite um, hobby and why, uh, or what's your favorite food and why, and things like that help to develop this this concept of hey, this student's kind of like me. They have, they have these challenges or they have these things they like and you kind of start learning about them 
And yeah. then that makes it probably a little bit easier when you get into group settings online, you know, especially with the advent of Teams and Zoom, FaceTime and whatever, flip. I think Google Meet and Flip, right? You have mm-hmm. all those things where you can create that social presence and, and see one another, even though it's asynchronous. Yeah. One of the things that in one of my courses that I took through uh, my doctorate is they had everyone share a picture of themselves or something they did this summer you know, dropping that guard a bit and, you know, making a somewhat personal connection by being able to see the person or see their family or something like that mm. um, is something big. But yeah, Flip can also be used. It's an easy video discussion tool that lets you put a face to a name and actually hear their voice, right? Um, which can create that connection there. And that's what's really important, especially with the social presence in an online course, is that it's very, very easy for a student to be isolated. And on an island. And that's one of the, I mean, studies have shown that's one of the hardest things about online courses for students is that they feel completely alone. That loneliness leads to detachment, which means they're not completing the course right. um, or they're failing the course. So they just completely detached. So being able to find ways of connecting them, like you said, icebreakers or collaborative stuff or low stakes discussions like a water cooler chat or something like that mm-hmm. yeah. is useful. Well, and that kind of drives us to the idea of how does that happen? Well, it happens because of what the facilitator or the course designers, um, and actually probably both happening at the same time, as Forrest Mm -hmm. Gump would say, you know, as they look to direct students to have those interactions, not only with each other, but also with the teacher. So there's that teacher's presence, that teacher experience, that is not just your everyday fellow student. It's it's the coach. It's the guide. It's someone who has been to battle, so to speak. They've done the time. They've put in the effort, and they've been recognized by their peers as someone who knows what they're talking about when it comes to this area. They're professionals. And I think having those professionals is extremely important um, you know, to help move our students along. And um, I know that's something we value and and should be valued. So obviously that balance has to be struck, right? There's sharing too much, which then maybe erases that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That relationship oh, yeah. where you have a student who thinks they can just talk to you like they're, you know, Sup, you're there. Yeah, you're, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's like, well, no, that's not really the best way to interact with someone who has uh, is your superior who's your yeah in this in the especially in this topic not only probably by age but yeah also in study so and that's or you in your introductory thing you could say well my name is jared piles but you can call me mr piles or you can call me jared or mm-hmm. some call me dr piles and i don't stop them even though i'm not there yet <laughs> i'm just like yeah sure no I'll, no I'll you must it. call me mr piles no, abd no. i have yeah call me jared piles comma abd <laughs> Which someone on Discord said was apple butter distiller, (laughs) which I think is fairly accurate. All right. So the third presence is teaching presence. And this is where the instructor, this is the instructor's role. It's the design, facilitation, and direction of cognitive and social processes in the course. Um, And I think that's crucial because instructor presence or teaching presence, I would argue, is the most important aspect of community of inquiry and the most important aspect of online learning. Right. 
I, I, the instructor is the glue that holds everything together. Totally agree. If the instructor is not active in the course, if they are not leaving timely feedback, if they're not being involved in that discussion or answering emails promptly, I think the course falls apart. And sometimes I stick my foot in the ground for things. This is one of the things I'm going to stick my foot in the ground for. Yeah, well, I, I think it's a good thing to stick your foot in the ground. Thank you. I would say going back to our understanding of um, the road trip model, the road trip analogy, this is the GPS. Yeah. Uh, the teacher present is the GPS, and it, it keeps you on the same page with everyone else, keeps the student on the same page. It gives you, you know, things that are upcoming, you know, in 400 yards, you will turn. Right. Um, and uh, you have to have it. You yeah. just have to have the teachers there. Um, and they need to be clear with how they're going to give guidance. And, you know, there are pitfalls. You can, you can go, you know, to extremes, right? You can do a completely laissez-faire where you could have just showed up um, at your class and you just said, oh, hey, here's the final project. And with r rough kind of like ideas about what it's supposed to be. And you just leave it on the desk. Y'all come up here. You can get the uh, you can get the definitions here. And they're not good definitions at all. Uh -huh. And, you know, it just kind of leaves them scratching their head. And then you just literally sit and say nothing. You don't answer questions. You don't respond. <laughs> In any way. This sounds um, like a great experiment. Uh, well, I can tell you it was an experiment that was, I don't think it was an experiment done to me. Oh. Uh, I, oh, I don't know if no. it was on purpose, but it definitely happened to me. Oh, no. And um, I will say that that student-to-student -student connection grew <laughs> exponentially <laughs> because of that experience. There you and, go. And uh, learning did occur. But the teacher really didn't have much to do with it. I almost thought, are you trying to like make us not like you? I mean, is that really, is that the design? Was that the intent? But I don't, I don't think so. I just think they just didn't care at all. Wow. So that's one extreme. The other one is to define it so precisely and control it so much. You micromanage your course. You micromanage it to the point where everything has to be about you as the instructor. Mm -hmm. And not about the content or where you want the students to go. Yeah, that flies right in the face of a the servant teaching model is we right. make it all about you. Yeah. So those are the challenges, and um, and those are the extremes. I think you have to watch out for. But there's a lot of in between that I think faculty can can utilize for whatever is necessary at that time for their students. Right. So to recap, social presence is basically the student-to-student -student interaction. Yep. Cognitive presence is the student-to-content interaction. Teaching presence is the instructor-to-student interaction. And all three of these work together in a Venn diagram that we'll put in our show notes that you'll be able to see. And they all work together to create an online, vibrant community. And we're going to be talking the next couple episodes just about those different aspects of it. How does assessment work? How does communication work? What does that mean inside of this framework? Mm -hmm. but we're going to be talking with some fantastic people about this, working on the community of inquiry together to help build 
some vibrant online learning communities and courses. That's going to do it for us today. Uh, be sure to email us at ctlpodcasts at cedarville.edu with any questions or show ideas that you have. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us. And check out our coffee drops that randomly drop whenever we're thinking about it. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Transform Your Teaching Podcast. Please subscribe or follow us on your preferred podcast platform. For more information, you can email us at ctlpodcast at cedarville.edu. Please consider subscribing to our blog, Focus, found at cedarville.edu forward slash focus blog.